So let's take our Bible and turn to Colossians chapter number 1. Colossians chapter number 1. If you're there, say amen. Amen. You guys are there. Right with me. Okay. And we're going to read 27, 28, and verse 29 of Colossians chapter number 1. Would you mind standing with me out of respect for God's Word? You can just stretch those legs one more time. In Russia... There's a lot of different cultural things. I, when I talk about standing, when we say, or means let us pray in Russian, all the people automatically stand up. They just can't imagine standing in their seats <clears throat> whenever we pray. Uh, like I say, the saved Russians have so much respect for God. Uh, and sometimes they put me to shame, and I'm grateful for them. They teach, I went there to teach them. <laughs> They've been teaching me a lot. So... Colossians chapter 1, verse 27, the Bible says, To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. What's the, uh, what's the mystery there? What's the riches of the glory? What is it? Which is Christ in you, the hope of glory, whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom. Well, you've got to be wise. You want to share the gospel with everybody out there? We've got to be wise. It says, in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. That's the missionary motto. That's the church's motto, isn't it? Okay. Let's look at verse 29. That'll be our our, uh, text for this morning. Whereunto I also labor, striving according to His working, which worketh in me. What's the last word there, folks? Mightily. I'm going to ask you the question God asked me when I read that text just a few weeks ago, actually. And this is, is God working in your life? That you're aware of, is God working in your life? And can we say, can we go a step farther and say that God is working in our life mightily? Mightily. That's what I want. That's my goal. And let's look at this thought together as we pray. Father in heaven, I pray that you will please... Help us today to have ears that are able to hear what you have for us. Thank you for these folks, Lord. I'm grateful for this church. This church has stood behind us over 20 years as missionaries. And so grateful for every single one. So grateful for this church as the flags represent their heart is, is, is blessing Abraham. Abraham's seed, the country of Israel. And they are the salt and light and, and the, the, the blessable factors of America right here, Lord. Thank you for this church. Lord, I pray, I pray you'll protect every family here. I pray you'll help us this morning as we gather around your word. Hide me behind the cross, Lord. I trust you for these things. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Be seated, please. I've never sailed on the ocean, any ocean, Atlantic Ocean. I've, I've been to the oceans, the Gulf of Mexico, the Black Sea, but I've never sailed on big boat, small boat, any boat on the oceans. But they say that if you'll take a small boat, like I say, or a mighty uh, cruise ship, if you'll, if, as they sail across the ocean, they will make a wake momentarily. They have a wake. Again, a bigger ship's obviously going to make a bigger wake. But it is only moments after that ship passes that it is gone without a trace. There's no wake. There's nothing left. No trace of it ever being there. 
That's a story for some people. <laughs> Actually, a lot of people on this planet. When they're gone, they're not leaving much of an impact. And God's put it in my heart that I, I, don't, want to, I don't want to leave this planet without making an impact. I want my life to count. I want my life to have made a difference in this world. Is anybody else like me like, out there? You want to make an impact. You want your life to mean something. I ask a teenager to say, I don't want to just spend my life. I want to invest my life. That's, that's, what, I, that's what I am all about, to be honest with you. And in, in reality, in, in, in context of this verse right here, verse 29, there has never been a time when I believe it's more important that God work mightily in our families, in our church family, and in our nation. <clears throat> Can I get an amen right there? And you may ask yourself, okay, God working mightily. He worked here through Paul. He's working mightily in Paul. And Paul says, hey, it's not me. He said, within me, within my flesh dwelleth no good thing. He said, don't look at me. Don't lift me up. It's God, you see, working mightily through if God's going to work mightily in our life, what does, that, what does that look like? What's it look like when God is working mightily? Well, praise the Lord, uh, in the Bible here, we have a record of God's mighty work. That's my first point, actually. Turn back a little bit to Hebrews, if you wouldn't mind, please. Hebrews chapter 11, and that is the hall of fame uh, of the uh, hall of fame, hall of faith, okay? Those faithful servants of the Lord. And Hebrews chapter 11 says, Through faith, we have some heroes here, right? By faith, Noah. By faith, Abraham. By faith, Isaac and Joseph and Moses. And the list goes on. But I want you to look in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 32. So that your Bible is not... The Russians say Tolsty, open, Ochen uh, Tolsty, really fat. God condensed this, this part right here. And he said in verse 32, And what shall I say more for the time would fail me to tell of Gideon, of Barak, of Samson, and of Jephthah, of David also, and of Samuel, and of the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, Obtain promises, stop the mouth of lions, quench the violence of fire, escape the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies uh, of the aliens. <clears throat> and again, the list goes on. The Bible, the entire Bible, uh, is full of amazing stories and events of dedicated servants. We have, a, we have a wonderful record here. By the way, let's, let us, none of us should ever be tempted to think, well, it was easier for them. <laughs> it was easier in their day. Let me ask you, what, what did Abraham have? Did he have the stories of how David slew Goliath? Hmm. Did he have the awesome stories of how uh, Saul was... Uh, shipwrecked and how he was stoned and how, how uh, they were delivered. Peter was delivered from prison 
and, and the, uh, uh, Daniel was delivered from the lion's mouth and all these. Did they have all those stories? Abraham didn't. All he had was a promise from God. Just, just I, really just this kind of promise. Not this kind of promise. And on that, he stepped out in faith. Leaving everything from ear to him. And took all of his stuff. He was rich. He was blessed. He obeyed God. He believed God. He truly was a man of faith. You know, we talk about faith, but we have a big record. We have a big advantage that so many people did not have. And so I, I, I really, you know, God's work doesn't, isn't, and God's mighty works isn't limited to just the Bible. I don't know how many of you read biographies. There is a, there's some great biographies out there of faithful Christian, Christian heroes. Wawam uh, published something years ago, and we got these, we got these books for our kids, Christian Heroes. Uh, and uh, we read those in devotions. They were great devotional reading, uh, great family devos for us. And, you know, you, you read of uh, Amy Carmichael, okay? And you read of, of I could just, I have the whole list of faithful men and women that just loved God Amen. in our lifetime. Let me tell you, it's easy to take for granted that you get to come to church today and you get to sit in a pew that probably you didn't buy and you enjoy carpet that probably you didn't buy, okay, and lights that you didn't install and they were already here before you got here. Let me tell you, as a church planner, I know what it means when you go into the bush with just the, just, just the bushwhacker. You know what I'm saying? Whoosh, whoosh, and you're starting from scratch. But somebody went before you. Probably a lot of somebodies. And they gave their blood, sweat, and tears so that you have a church today. And we get to enjoy that. I drove today on roads from the hotel to here. And I, I appreciate the accommodations. Really thankful for all. So thankful for you guys. And I didn't mention that at the beginning. I'm very, very thankful for you guys. But those I drove on roads, I didn't pave. And I probably didn't even contribute one penny to their paving. And it's easy in our generation to take for granted what has been done before us. But God was worked mightily through men and women from the Bible lands, to Europe, to America, to Kentucky, to your town. God has used, worked mightily to establish the opportunity to hear what you have to hear this morning. And we all ought to be grateful. We have a record. We have a record of God's mighty work. And then secondly, whew, time's going. You see, there's something unusual happens, okay? Up here... Time goes really fast. But down there, it, it doesn't go as fast for some reason. Have you, uh, maybe, uh, maybe only preachers experience that, okay? But I want to talk, not just talk about the record. I want to talk about the root of God's mighty working, okay? God works mightily in and through those who are yielded to Christ. I want to tell you something today. I want to tell you this as a friend. And I don't even know some of you. But if I can be a friend to you today, I want to tell you this, okay? So really tune in, okay? If you'll look on the side of my head right here, what color do you call that? 
gray. Someone said the other day, white. I said, oh, that hurts even more. Okay, <laughs> white. Okay. I'm speaking to you. Not, I'm not giving you a theory. But I'm going to give you some experience, okay? Listen to this. If not all, nearly all of your conflict, aggravation, and future pain is directly, listen, directly related to unsurrender to Christ, to a lack of yieldedness to Christ. You see, we have problems in life, and the real culprit of those problems is sin. And the more I try to control my life and do what I want, the more I end up sinning. The more I do not His will, but my will. And that sin is, it's just, it's an enemy that follows us around and it causes that conflict. I mean, if I'm, t- I could be talking about a marriage conflict at home. I could be a, could be a conflict in, in one of these young people's lives. I could be, it could be a conflict at work. Those conflicts would be solved just by simply surrendering to Christ. That's just a simple fact. And so, in reality, here's the question. How can God do mighty works in me or in you, in any of us, if we are unwilling to yield the steering wheel of our life to Christ? How can He do those mighty works? I want to share with you an interesting statistic, okay? Now, don't get the wrong idea from what I'm saying, okay? Don't let, me, don't let anything I'm saying give you the idea that I believe salvation is any other way other than by faith. It's faith alone in Christ alone, okay? That is at 200% what I believe, okay? Listen to this, this very interesting statistic. In the New Testament, the word Savior is used 24 times in the New Testament. How many times do you think the word Lord is used? Someone might say more. Pardon? Five times more? The word Lord is used 670 times. So for every one time the word Savior is used in the New Testament, the word Lord is used 27.9 times. Let's just say 28. You know what I'm saying? What? Listen, in light of that, okay, follow, stick with me. In light of that, what do you think is the relationship of the New Testament church to Jesus Christ? To God? More Savior? Or more Lord? <laughs> is He Lord and Savior? Why did Jesus say, if you will save your life, you will lose it. But if you will lose your life for my sake and the Gospels, you will save it. Why did He say that? And why does the Bible say, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things become. It doesn't say, most things become new. It doesn't say, generally speaking... You know, on a good day, things are made new. Is that what, you, is that what your Bible says? <laughs> it's not what it says. If you've got a King James Bible in front of you, it simply says very clearly, if any man be in Christ, old things are passed away, behold, all things become new, because God changes us. That saving faith is so powerful that it changes your wanter. It gives you holy desires. We, we, you know, in America, we don't talk a lot about repentance. <clears throat> but Jesus says, 
Unless you repent, you shall all likewise perish. And that faith is what causes me to get a new view of Tony Hess and a new view of sin and a new view of God's holiness and God. And it changes me. It makes me want to actually do what's right. It's a powerful faith. You're saved by faith indeed. But it is a powerful faith. It is not a dead faith that can't get the bad things out of my life or the bad things out of my refrigerator or the bad things off of my computer screen. It's a powerful faith. And hence, the gospel, according to the New Testament, (laughs) Joshua, my son, challenged me to read through the Bible 90 days. And it requires 45 minutes a day, okay? Uh, It's a serious endeavor. Well, when I finished it, I said, that was cool. Never thought I could do that, okay? And so the next, the next, it took me actually 100 days, okay? Let's be transparent, okay? No, no halo here. No wings, all right? But uh, it took me about 100 days, but I said, that's awesome. I like that. I'm going to do that again. And since then, up until this last, this last three months of the year, I've been reading through it, every, you know, going through the Bible uh, every 90 days. I'm telling you what, you, when you saturate your life with the truth of this book, you might come to the conclusion I come with, I, ca- I, I came up with. What I see in here and what I see out here, even in church, is a big contrast. And I keep thinking, why among all these Christians, we're all going to heaven? Why doesn't our lives more line up with this book? Do we not believe it anymore? Or do we just simply want fire insurance? Lord, save me from hell, but that's enough. You see, one preacher from over in Memphis, I don't know if you've ever heard of him, his name is Rogers. He said, Christianity is not a cafeteria. He preached this to about a church of 20,000, okay? So don't think he, 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 he preached this to a little tiny corner church and he could never get away with this in, you know, in, in America. And I don't know how it would be taken today because of the emerging church, but it's what he preached to his church, 20,000 people, okay? Christianity is not a cafeteria line where you say, I'll take a little salvation, but uh, no, Lord, no lordship right now, please. Wow. He said this, if I put things between me and Christ... That is idolatry. But if I put Christ between me and things, that is victory. That's good. The root, the root of God's mighty working in us. And I hope you're here today and that's your desire. That you want God just to work in our... You see, God could be working our life and you say, well, God works through trials and difficulties and valleys. And, you know, we understand probably in one way or another God's working in our life. But I hope it's your desire that God work mightily in your life. And the root of God working mightily in your life is not only surrender, but it's spirit filling. Spirit filling. Because you might be, let me tell you this, you might be sitting there, kind of like I've been here in, in church many times in my life, and I hear the preacher preach and I say, wow, that seems like so much. I mean, I'd hear about missionaries going to other places, and I'd hear them, making a difference and learning language and preaching and lots of people getting saved and just God mightily working through them. I say, wow, what a hero. He's just, he's something else. I could never be that. I could never do that. But you know what? It's not Tonyanity. It's Christianity. It's Christ in us. 
You see, faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. And so God, God does it through us. All he needs is a yielded vessel. We need to be spirit-filled. We need to be spirit-filled. Let me wrap this up. I talked about the record. I talked about the root. I don't want to wrap up with the route, okay? Matthew chapter 13, verse 58, Jesus, uh, it said there, Jesus did not many mighty works there because of their, what's the next word? Unbelief. And so the route, the route for mighty works in us is going to be faith and obedience. And there is a hymn that was written just 102 years before I graduated from, from high school that, that summarizes this, this point and this theme of the Christian life so well. And you guys are probably familiar with it. I'll give you the first line, see if you can get it. When we walk with the Lord in the light of His Word. That's right. What a glory He sheds on our way. While we do His good will, He abides with us still and with all who will trust and obey. Trust and obey. That's it. That's the route. It's daily matter of just trusting God and obeying God. And let me, I want to close with this story. And I appreciate you guys' patience this morning. Um, one day I was having my devos. I had preached on surrender on Sunday. And in my, in, in my house, I'm sitting at home and I am reading my Bible in the morning. And after I read my Bible, I said, I said, okay, Lord, the answer, the answer for whatever you want me to do today is yes. I'm telling you right now, whatever you want me to do today, the answer is yes. Okay, can I challenge you to do that? Do you, do you, do you believe God? Do you trust God? Do you believe, as Romans chapter 12 says, in the good will of God? Or is that like, oh, I don't, I don't know about that. That's a little scary, Brother Tony. <laughs> well, I preached it in church. I didn't want to be a hypocrite. So I said, Lord, I'm trusting you. So I'm going to ask you. I'm telling you, yes, whatever you want. Let's fast forward to the afternoon. And uh, I'm driving through town. I'm driving by the Jeu de Vauxhall, Jeulesne de Rogue Vauxhall, which is the train station. People everywhere. And the Lord said, you see those tracks in the floor? In the package of tracks in the floor of your uh, vehicle, your van. See all those people? Do you see a problem? How about we get them together? And I said, Lord, wait a second. It's, it's Monday. It's not visitation day. It's not Thursday visitation day. Now, y'all would never say that. Y'all way too spiritual for that, okay? But, and, I, and the other thing, yeah, I said, well, Lord... Where's my soul winning partner? Don't have my soul winning partner. <laughs> you, you, he said, remember what you said this morning? Oh, yeah. Long story short, quickly, I found me a parking spot. I got my tracks and I'm passing. I'm going down the sidewalk and I'm passing out those tracks. People would take them just about as fast as I can give them out. God, give me some boldness. I ask him for feeling. I'm going through. There's a guy standing up on the step. I named him Yvonne. He's standing right here. He gets one of my tracks. And he says, whoa, my, hey, hey, my little boy, Chelovic, Stratatakoya. What is this? What'd you give me here? Now, it's just like the picture in New York of all those heads driving, walking down the sidewalk. You know, you've seen that picture on TV. Okay, that's exactly the image. Except as soon as Yvonne starts to talk, all, everybody stops. And then they all look at the American. Just exactly what I was hoping for. You know what I'm saying? No, not really. And so then uh, he said this. And here's what went through my mind all in the last thing. See, I hadn't been on the field very long. This is an old story, but it, it Sits, it fits the situation exactly. And so I said, I said, Lord, we knew this was going to happen. I mean, I didn't want to get into the situation in the beginning. And all this went through my, before that second ended, that the thought was going through my brain, I got a tap on the shoulder and I turned around and there was a young man and he said, hey, you gave me one of these pamphlets back up the sidewalk a little ways. He said, 
I'm, I'm obviously Russian. He said, but I know English as well. He said, so you know what? Everybody here wants to know the answer to his question. So you speak in English and I'll translate for you. <laughs> and so the Lord dropped a Petrovoychik, a translator, right out of heaven that day for that need. And you know what? I forgot to pinch him and see if he was real or if he was an angel. Uh, and, you know, God showed me that day, trust and obey. Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. And can I encourage you today? I am nothing special. I'm just a little bit of West Virginia dirt kind of put together and the Holy Spirit breathed inside, you know. It's not anything about, you know, if I can learn Russian, if I can be a missionary, anybody could do it. But God's looking for people who are just, who will trust Him and obey Him. Does that describe you today? Are you, uh, are, you op- are, you a, a, are you a candidate to say, Lord, do a mighty work in and through me? If that's your prayer, then I pray you will seal that with the Lord this morning. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, thank you so much for your word. It's a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Thank you, Lord, for loving us. Thank you, Lord, for your sweet spirit. We can't fulfill the Christian life, but you, you can do it. You do it very easily. It's your very nature. We need to trust you. And so increase our faith. Lord, the mighty work for someone here might be today, that work of salvation. It starts right there. That they would believe on you unto life eternal, trusting you, taking you as their personal Savior. Father, Give the faith. Help folks to make decisions accordingly. For Christians, Lord, who uh, haven't yielded you for service or for surrender, I pray you'll help them to make that decision today. Be glorified in this invitation time. In Jesus' name we pray.